Hello and welcome to the Kilo Chasers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Dahl, with Matt Ware and the one and only People's Master, Cornell George. What's up? Hello, hello. How you guys doing? Good. How you doing, good, Cornell? Man. I'm good. I just got back a little while ago from <laughs> yeah. the gym. It was one of those weird days where the whole schedule shifted around and I was in at the gym around noon. And then I was like, what, what am I going to do tonight? And then I had talked to you guys a little bit earlier. I'm like, this is going to be weird. I'm just yeah. sitting at home, not, not working out. So nice. <laughs> I know you, you can't just not like, it's, it's always a weird thing when you're, uh, when you have time, like you okay, say so yesterday, I just didn't do anything. And it was like, what the hell do I do? We watch yeah, space yeah. balls. <laughs> yes. Yes. Such like, a great movie. It's such a great I movie. lift most every day at between like five and seven thirty or eight PM. And then when I randomly have a day to go in at noon, then it's like, what am I gonna do the rest of my day? <laughs> so there's nothing take a nap. Go sit <laughs> in your hot tub. I did the hot tub twice. Recover. I did Actually, I have to go in the cold tub again. I did that earlier, uh, but I have to do another four minutes tonight. Helps me go to sleep. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you about that. That's kind of the consensus. I, I know some people don't agree with the whole thing, but like the science behind it for me makes perfect sense. And every time I've ever taken a cold, like cold, cold bath right before bed, it really helps. Kind of cancel Wait. everything out. Who doesn't agree with it? Like, there's and what's there not to agree with on on that? Uh, it's not as beneficial as everybody totes it to be. Um, hmm. I think some people don't utilize it to its full extent, like doing the hot, cold, hot, cold, or doing it at the right temperature for long enough. Some people do like a cold plunge, and they're like, "Oh, I'm in here for a minute. That's good enough, or thirty seconds, and that's good enough." Yeah, and like really like what Cornell's saying. Um, like the three to five minute mark is really where you need to be. You need to yeah. reset your core temperature, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, definitely. doesn't, I mean, it pushes out a ton of hormones, which is, I mean, that's just good for you regardless, especially at our old ass age. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was definitely. listening to uh 50% facts. Yeah. <laughs> and who is it? Jimmy, uh, Jim, what's his last name? It's called McD. Jimmy D. Uh, he was, McD. he used, is it Jim, Jimmy Mc, Jim McD. McD? I think so. He's from he he was on the um Mark Bell, Mark Bell. podcast when when it first started. Nice. You dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just gonna sit here and repeat what you say and agree with you the whole entire time. Thanks for coming on the show, Cornell. <laughs> oh, love man. it. Love it. Man. This is turning hey, into a did you guys, did you guys all get your your uh, pictures from the camp? We did. I did. We did. Yeah. I think Cornell got them first. Yeah. I think so I just they're, opened they're them sick. first, dude. Mine are right over here. You can't really see it, but yeah. on my fridge right now. And I'm gonna do there like a go. collage and put it in the in the in the garage. And then I'm also taken from Matt, um, and I'm gonna buy actually a couple of them, and I'm gonna have them printed big, and then frame them, put them up. Yeah. Yeah. I think there needs nice. to be more of that. Like putting like pictures of, 
I don't know about you guys. But when I grew up um, lifting weights with like our, my football coaches, they would have pictures of them, you know, with their teammates and like in the, in the gym playing football, doing the things that they're doing. And I'm like, yeah, these the flags are cool, but like we need more pictures of like the people we experience this sport with. Like it just makes yeah. sense. Yeah, like, Cornell. I don't want to put pictures up of myself. I want I want people that I'm doing it with. Yeah, I don't know. Cornell's looking around at his. Yeah, flags he has I love it. it. Yeah, I don't have. You as haven't many lifted pictures. with any of those guys on that wall. <laughs> <laughs> Your Iron Mind posters in the back. Oh, Who I says you don't know me? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me. I do what I want. I have lifted with Donnie, and there's a picture of Donnie right there. Nice. Um, that's about. I've lifted with Kate and I. She's over there. There you go. It's Kate and I again. Okay. You've lifted with Kate what? and I. Wait, what, 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 what? Well, okay, I was a platform over. Whatever. I thought... She she was watching me when we were at nationals. I was just there lifting oh. and helping in the back. And oh. I have video where she was pretty impressed with my power snatch. Um one of the yeah. oh, one of my buddy Tim, yeah, she gave he you the said smirk, Yeah, she said he said, uh, power this. So I powered it and then I looked over at him holding parallel. And I asked him if it was power. And then when I went back and saw the video, she just starts cracking up laughing. So I felt pretty cool on that one. (laughs) That's the, yeah, that's affirmation right there. Yeah. Well, so uh, on that subject, let's, let's talk about powers. It's, it's kind of a, it's a touchy subject. They, you know, weightlifting house talked about the whole power, nah, pow discussion. Um, I, I really don't care. I think that's the, the point of effort in trying to hold at that point. And if that's what you do, that's what you do. Um, I think PRing your power should be a little bit more subjective to the person who's doing it, not to the person who's watching it. But um, what are your guys' take on it as far as performing the lift itself? I think a power is uh, good to learn how to catch the bar where you catch the bar and stop and not like catch the bar and continue to go down. Um, holding that 90 degrees, uh, you know, it has some, uh, some benefits, muscle memory and all that stuff. But like, you know, when we get into, is that a power or is it not a power? Like there's an obvious difference between catching it where you catch it and then catching it and writing it down. If you write it down, yeah. it's not a power. If you catch it and stop, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a power out there. That's yeah. kind of my thought on it. What do you think, Cornell? My thoughts are the parallel line that everyone sticks to is a CrossFit thing. Um, I believe that if your hip yeah. breaks, breaks parallel slightly, it's still power. As long as you are someone who has a real deep rock bottom position. Um, I don't really like the power gnaw uh, argument. Because I look at it and I'm like, um, like that person can go eight, nine inches deeper. That's what she said. And if they're catching it an inch below parallel, that's still power. Just because it's it might be an inch below parallel, yeah. that is not their bottom position. That's nowhere near their bottom position. And most of the time when they catch yeah. it there... Um, they're 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 purposely hitting that position 
like I like what Matt said, where they're not catching it and writing it down, uh, but they're placing the bar right where they want to get it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now, do you think, do you think that, do you think that helps in when you get heavier weights to like, as far as speed under the bar in your turnover, like if you peak the bar lower because it's fucking heavier, like you can catch, you're still going to make that position with your upper body and your, and your lockout is going to hit the same position. You're just going to be deeper, but that speed that you trained by doing powers and catching where the bar is peaked and holding, do you think that's a, that's a good carryover? Um, I'm not personally a fan of trying to peak the bar lower. Um, I don't believe that people that peak that the bar is peaked low are purposely trying to peak the bar low. I think that they're living. I know that. Um, but I think that they're pulling it <laughs> as high as they can mm-hmm. and they are, that's as high as it goes. Um, yeah. So I think that the heavier the bar gets, the bar will naturally peak lower. There's just been some arguments going back and forth with a lot of, uh, podcasts about how if the bar should peak high or low and i think that that bar should peak as high as it can but the heavier it gets the lower it's going to peak um so here's what yep oh go ahead go ahead i I was just going to say that as the bar gets naturally peaking lower uh the faster you can get under it and you can place the bar or place your body where you need to with the bar placed where it lands uh that's where you're going to get better I like gotcha. that. You know, I, I have a cue uh, that I've built for myself that is, uh, I usually lose, use it for cleans, but it's like, it's, it's low and fast, right? Cause I want that bar to be low because if I keep that bar, po- uh, I'm not going to even say peaked. I hate that word peaked. If I keep the bar low, it's making me get faster, right? So in my training, it, it actually helps me train speed. I'm not going to tell you I'm out there trying to peak it low because uh, I think it should stay low. But if I want to train speed, I want to try to get under that bar as quick as possible. And so by keeping the, by lowering the bar, um, I'm, I'm forcing myself to get faster and, and be that, that rubber band that is just like contracting into that bar. That's kind of my thought on that. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at too with it. I like, I like to watch, I, uh, you know, the argument of the Chinese lifters and how they'll power, you know, up until 80% and then they'll just start as the bar, as it gets heavier, they'll start sinking down and catching lower and catching lower. But they're always there when they catch, they rarely sink down. They, they catch, they stand it up. And that's just, Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. comparing, comparing ourselves to elite natural lifters from china um is pointless was that air quotes? But, was that yeah, that was, quote? oh yeah okay. yeah for the for the people in radio land that aren't watching <laughs> i put air quotes up um yeah i i think it's not i don't think it's necessarily a good practice for every day to as you're working through your lifts and working up to warming up to your working sets you should be catching high or catching the bar where it where it where the bar peaks um every time is 
is not necessarily a good practice. I think like what you're saying, Matt, if you can try until you get up to the 98, 90, you know, 95 to a hundred plus percent, try to be consistent with the, your acceleration and where you place that bar after you extend, then like if you can place it in the same exact spot every time until it gets really fucking heavy Mm -hmm. and then like, I think that's, that's good for muscle memory. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, you know, I mean, think about how (laughs) this is going to sound really stupid, but think about how hard it is to peak, uh, 50 kilos low, right? You, I mean, you're going to be so quick. You're going to be so, you're going to pull that bar behind you. Like if I'm going to keep, I'm, and I'm not saying that I'm like peaking it low, I'm training it low because I want to train my speed because what I have found out with the way my body moves, and this could be for other people too, is that the better speed I have, the more speed I have, the more weight I'm lifting when I'm slow, man, I'll, I'll freaking, I'll throw 89 kilos out in front of me because I'm too slow. My body just doesn't want to move. And that's a thing, especially in our age. Like our bodies just don't want to move the same way every day. Yeah. I think the other thing that's a real big difference is you need to make sure that your full lifts is the same technique as your power. It's just you working faster. Um, so for me, I, like I have a big issue in my cleans is I have, I have a lot of structural imbalances in my body where my, my femurs are different lengths. I have just really? weird stuff going on and um, I've worked construction my whole life and I was a semi-professional rollerblader 25 years ago and just beat my body to hell. Um, so I, my body naturally started like whenever I was doing stuff, I was overusing my back. Eric's laughing at me because I was a rollerblader. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to, I was going to throw out the fruit booter comment. But that's, that's cool. Um, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I, I still have mine. I, I absolutely still have mine. So, yeah, dude, yeah, I ride on I'm four just, wheels. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not four on each, each leg. That. No, I had, I, yeah, there you yeah. go. No, I, I like had, that. I like that. I played no, hockey. But the the more yeah, I started and I lifting, got, and then I got a longboard. But anyway. <laughs> the more I started lifting, the more I was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, my body is just naturally going to like overuse my back. So my back ended up getting a lot stronger. Um, and now I don't have any back pain. And my back mm-hmm. used to go out before I was lifting. I'd be 26 years old, and my back would go out every two or three months, and I'd be on the couch for a week. Um. And so now with my back as strong as it is, um, I can pull back really hard on a clean. And the problem is if that when I was starting to lift, I was able to power clean 98% of my full clean. But if that bar didn't peak that high, I was terrified to pull under it. So if it would be two inches lower, that was still like... If it was at my ribs instead of my nipples, I would be scared to pull under. So I've had to change yeah. so much of my technique. And uh, when we when I joined John's team, I told him, I said, I won't ever do your powers in the clean. I said, that is something that I've had to train myself out of because I'm too good at them. And he's like, what do you mean? You, you're not. What are you talking about? And I 
so then I, I did one, one workout or one, one of the days that there was power cleans. I'm like, okay, watch this. And I powered, I think my best clean and jerk at the time was 166 and I powered 161. <laughs> and <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> and I was like, this is why I don't do these. The only reason I went from a 60 to a 66 was because I stopped doing powers. Cause then I started learning how to, to pull myself under instead of just let that bar float and catch it. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh. <laughs> okay. So I've had this theory for a long time. I'm going to get past just being mad at you or jealous and all that. I already told you. Eh, anyhow. So do you think that because you started in CrossFit, um, do you think that's part of the reason why you got good at powers? Instead of because CrossFitters typically do power cleans instead of full cleans more often. And that's kind of what they train because they, as far as barbell cycling, um, air quotes, barbell cycling, um, they, they're, they're never doing full cleans unless the, the workout calls for it. And it's so seldom that you actually see them do full cleans unless it's to a one rep max. Um, do you think that's a good reason or one of the main reasons why you powered, you were so good at powers, um, aside from the fact that your back just got strong because you were in <laughs> construction and lifted st- shit like a, be a man. So be a man, blow your back out. <laughs> I would say your explanation is true to probably 99% of the people who started in CrossFit. Um, I technically did start in CrossFit. I started in November but by February, I was weightlifting. And by June, June, July, I wasn't crossfitting anymore. So I don't think that I necessarily had enough time in CrossFit to get that bad habit like ingrained in me. So, but I would say that okay. the majority of other people is that is true. If they've been crossfitting for a couple of years, they and they're just they got motors, but they don't have the strength, then that's the problem. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'm sorry. I can't bite my tongue anymore. (laughs) And this, maybe this is my complete ignorance, Okay. but like, why the hell do we, uh, PR or or keep a PR for a power clean? Why do we keep a PR for any of our powers? Why aren't we just tracking our PRs and snatch clean and jerk squat front squat? Like outside of those, I, I, you know, I can't tell you how many times somebody's looked at me and be like, Whoa, what'd you just do? What's your, uh, what's your max in that? And I'm like, I don't, f- I have no idea. I just throw out a number, uh, 99, you know, <laughs> because I'm like, I don't really know what's your guys opinion on that. What, what's the point in, in tracking that specifically? I think for me, well, okay. So there's two sides. I I'll, I'll get on your bandwagon with that in, uh, Yurk Verdanian, his, you know, he was famous for if, you know, he's not going to front squat anything more than he's, than he can clean. And so like, he didn't feel the need to, like if he could front squat it, he could clean it. And if he could clean it, he could jerk it. And that was just, that was his mentality. And that's, you know, that's what his philosophy was. And that's what he lived by. And I mean, proofs in the pudding, um, for me. And I think for a lot of amateur, um, intermediate lifters, um, that have been lifting for, less than say eight years, um, five years. 98% it's, of USAW. Mm-hmm. 
Cool. 99. Sorry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Got me. Yeah. Yeah. The 5,000 members that joined in the last three years. Yeah. Uh, No, that's, that's the number I pulled out of my ass. Anyhow. um, (laughs) I think that, I think that as far as keeping a power snatch PR, like that's fucking stupid. Um, Because it's not, it doesn't transfer to anything. Um, Like I, I had no, I like, I didn't power snatch to a max for, I don't know, like two years. And then I PR quote unquote PR'd my power snatch at hundred kilos at, at John's camp two years ago, two and a half years ago or whatever. Like, and it was out of the blue, like, okay. So my best power ever was a hundred. What I can do now, if I was do if I was training the same is most likely more than that. But like, it's, it's so subjective. Like, I, I don't think it really matters as far as a power clean. I think knowing what your max maximum ability in a power clean and a proper power clean, um, there's, there's like, there's correlation to that, to what your theoretical max and your snatch is, right? They said it should, you should be able to power clean what you're, you should be able to snatch what you power clean. Um, so, like I, I get trying to track that um, and keep track of that, or maybe like when you're, if you're maxing maxing your power cleans, then yeah, okay, you you hit, like if if we were training and I went out and I hit uh, one fifteen one twenty power clean, that would in my mind I'd be like hell yeah, that means I should be capable of snatching one ten to one twenty, which, you know I've in the which is completely fucking false because when I, when I power clean power jerk one twenty five, that like I was nowhere fucking near that in, in my snatch, nowhere fucking near it period. Um, I mean, I, I probably in a different, like a few weeks later or like some other point in the training cycle, maybe training cycle again, air quotes, um, if we both know, all three of us know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, anyhow, like it's, oh, that's, that's basically how I feel about it. I, I like power cleans. They're fun. Um, but that's, that's about it. Power snatches are, are, I don't know. I think they're, they're a useful tool. And I guess that's kind of where we can go. Next I like doing that. them. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I like doing them. I was just saying, just, why are we tracking and, and being really too prideful about our power clean PR. I mean, I can see how it has a useful, uh, in programming. Like somebody's like hit 90% in your PR or hit 90% yeah. in your power clean. I'm like, okay, I, I know yeah. what my 90% is, but yeah. Ish. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Why are you laughing Cornell? Yeah. All right. I was trying to figure out if I was going to say this or not. (laughs) (laughs) The, in my opinion, the ultimate reason there, there's no reason it's powers are a party trick. That's all it really is. It does not really correlate to your, your total. It doesn't really correlate to how big of lift you can do. It is a party trick. It's a big dick move when you walk out there and you see someone clean something and then you get on the platform next to them and you're working up in powers and then you out power snatch their clean. That's all it really is. It's something to show dominance quietly. Like it's, it's something that 
if you're good at it and you're around other people who have maybe haven't been lifting as long or they're those little children weight classes, like anything below an 89, um, like if you can go out there and yeah, you can anything out anything under uh, below a 96, come on. <laughs> and, and you can go and like hit a power clean or a power snatch. It, it's a big dick move. Like it's a party trick. That That's all it really is. Um, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Like there are certain times where if I know, I think that the muscle snatch is a better, um, something that shows you where you're at for me than a power snatch. Cause I can have a great day power snatching and then I can't pull under cause the technique is slightly different. But I know that if I power snatch yeah. 90 to 95% or if I muscle snatch 90 to 98%, I'm good for the same in snatch. Like if I, okay, before competition, generally three hours before my session, I will go and max out my muscle snatch. And then I know where I should set my openers at. If I'm, if I can muscle snatch 90, I can open at 130. <laughs> wow. Eric's looking really okay, confused. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's your best muscle snatch? 105. Well, you, when you said 90%, okay. So your best muscle snatch is 105. So if you can snatch, if you can muscle snatch 90% of 105, then you should be able to snatch 90% of your snatch. No, actually, if I can, if I can muscle snatch 90 kilos, I know I can, I'm good for 130 easy. If I can muscle snatch 100, I can open at 140. Hmm. It's like I've competed, I'm um, probably, wow. I've probably done this the last 15 competitions. And if I can't get that hundred, I'm like, I'm going to drop my openers or I'm not going to bump my openers up. And I've done this multiple times. I did it at some camps that we did or some, uh, seminars that I did with John. And he, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's part of my warm up, man. Like I want to see what I'm supposed to expect in a couple hours. So like, I know that yeah. mash, I think it was mash. They had a, a jump test, like one of those vertical jump tests. And that's how they would do a lot of testing to see what percentage work they were expected to hit for the day. And it was just my, my really? free version of, of that. Gotcha. Um, who was it? What's that? He's a British lifter. Uh, he does all the party, like freaking party tricks. Uh, the, what's his name? Oh, uh, Sonny Webster. Sonny Webster. Sonny, Sonny, yes, Sonny. Yeah. yeah. So he did it. He he made a post. This is a year, two, three years ago, or something like that. And basically, he said, "You should be able to. You should warm up if you're going to have a heavy snatch day. You should warm up in um, snatch balances or drop snatches, and max that out. And that's going to be a good indicator on what you're going to be able to hit. Like if you can, if you can hit 95% of your snatch in a snatch balance in there, then you should be able to get close to your PR or, or PR your, your actual, your full snatch, which I mean, that makes sense. It's, I think it's a good way to, to, for people who have soft elbows, um, to work on their lockout, um, and kind of get it, get that muscle memory going before they go into a heavy snatch ses session. But I don't know. 
on on that note, here's something that we don't talk about enough. Uh, if you guys can see it here. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Who is no, I know who that is. <laughs> yes. He's sitting right next to you. Uh, it's yeah. me doing some me doing some back extensions. Yes, back extensions. On the GHD. Uh, with with a yeah, with three reds. Let me just throw that out there. But the GHD, I think, is a uh, is a machine not enough talked about. Maybe people are using it. I don't know. But I think we should oh my talk God. about it and I, use I, it more. I have a video. <laughs> That's where it is. Is it the one where the girl doesn't put her oh feet in the in the things and then she goes down for a back extension, oh no. flips over? Oh no. No, this <laughs> is I we'll talk about it off the air. It's, it's about some, it's, it's of somebody that we know that we've all trained with and, and it's really, really, really funny. <laughs> really right. funny. Mm. Anyhow, it was not nearly as good as what you, what Cornell just did. It was way more entertaining though. <laughs> that was fun. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. Like, uh, the GHD and the, um, the swing, whatever that is, the uh, reverse hyper. What's that called? You have one, don't you? Reverse hyper. Yeah, reverse hyper. I think those are, I think they're hugely under underutilized in the weightlifting industry. Yeah. Uh, powerlifters have been using them for years. I mean, that's where they came from. Yeah. So I I have a love hate relationship. Oh. I was just talking to somebody about that today. I I love using it but I hate how much room it takes up. So it, it takes up a lot of square footage. Oh, yeah. And if, if yeah. you just have a garage, I mean, it's about four feet by four feet. So it, it takes up quite a bit yeah, of and room. Then, and then it just collects crap on top and of then it. You got the then swing, it's a swing space. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the horizontal surfaces are the devil. <laughs> uh, at a gym I used to be at a couple years ago, uh, Dave Garcia, that's where he's at now. And my first coach back in the day, he asked like, how did, how do you get your back so strong? Because anyone, anyone ha- or anyone can get strong legs. If you've seen anyone do like a leg press, everyone's legs are real strong. Yep. They, they miss squats based on their back. Um, and yeah. he said, I just did reverse hypers like every single day. And we ended up getting one and I own it now, but it's shocking. Like how much weight you can load on that thing. Um, the less weight you load, the harder it is to use. Like you want to have a minimum of pro like you realistically want to have a, we used pound plates. So like three 25 pound plates on each side minimum, like to get it to work properly. Like if you put one twenty-five okay. on each side, it, it swings way too much and you're not going to get the real benefit out of it, but it's just swinging. And then you get that, uh, the stimulus comes from how much you can push that weight at the end. And so people underload them way too much. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked, I figured that out real quick when we were at club sport that, because I mean, I, I did that whenever my back was tight, which was fuck every day for every, <laughs> um, yeah, I would go over there and at be like, that was my cool down every day. And I'd put, I'd put, I don't know, two, 
two to two to four forty fives on it, yeah. and just get that stretch. And to, it was the first the first week or two, like it hurt, like it it definitely stretched some things out that needed to be stretched out. But um, yeah, I realized what I said. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it definitely, it really, really helped. And I wish I, I wish I had, access. it's like one of those, it's like one of those things. It's just like a sauna. Like I really, really wish I had the space and like, or, or I had the access to it at a gym that doesn't cost fucking $200 a month. I have, I have a, I have a proposition for you guys. I heard a rumor that the next Kilo Chaser camp has a pretty good sponsor that I may be picking up some things in my trailer and bring back to my house. And then you guys would fly down potentially. Mm. I have a reverse hyper possibly. If you guys come down, you can, you can take it. This deal's getting sweeter. You can take it. This deal's getting sweeter. (laughs) You can, you can take it because I don't have room for it. I don't have room for it. And I have access to it at the gym. I go to now. Hmm. There you go. I got some room for it. I think uh, Eric, you definitely uh, yeah. have room for it. Yeah, I I do. I have to re. It's a I great workbench. My, my garage, anyhow. It's yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. On that note, uh, proud, super super stoked to announce that uh, Neon Strength, uh, Strength Equipment is sponsoring all 2023 and possibly beyond uh, Kilo Chasers camps, uh, spring summer. I, so we're locked in for definitely two, possibly four for 23. Um, but he, you know, I was talking to David and he immediately, like I sent him a message, uh, just a regular message on their, on the website. And within an hour and a half, he called me and we basically, I, I laid it out for him. And it was a little bit confusing because they've done, they've outfitted like, like college gyms, university gyms and stuff. And they've done, they've sponsored competitions. So he, he wasn't quite wrapping his head around it. It took me a couple times explaining it to him what exactly we were doing. And then, yeah, but he was super stoked. Um, made us, made it a really, really good deal for us and the athletes that are participating. Um, the pre-sale, of course, I don't have my notes with me. Um, the pre-sales open. I'll have the price lists up on the website or up on the Facebook page and on the Instagram page, um, probably Monday. Um, and then there's also, he's also going to do for the out of state people that are coming in. Uh, he's, we're doing a discount code. That's basically the same discount that, um, I'm getting for the, for the meet or for the camps everybody that's there is going to, it's going to be the same price that um, you'd get if you were picking them up and taking them home from the camp. Um, you just have to pay shipping. So nice. Wow. That's awesome. Freaking awesome. Yeah. I've been super stoked. Um, I've been using is- neon strength for like three years. Uh, at least two. Yeah. I mean, it was the, you, you're the reason why I have mine. Yeah. It, it's probably, let's, like, we're, put, we're coming up on 2023 right now. So, we're coming up on three years that I've been using them. <laughs> nice. Damn. They're still, they're such nice plates They're Cause you have the, you have the elite training, training plates too. Like I got, yeah. and those things they're like, you sold, you sold your crumb set 
for like eight or nine hundred bucks, and then you went out and bought your neon set. And you told me that story, and I went out and sold my competition set for like twelve hundred dollars, which was I made four hundred percent off of what I <laughs> paid for those damn things. And and I went out and and bought my set. Yeah, there's there's such you know the service was great, the customer service is great. Obviously, you know he he immediately got back to me. Um, the product's great. Their their interaction with the community is great. Um, so they're they're just as excited as as we are to have them. You know, to be for them to be part of it. Yeah, I used this, I used my neons for probably two years nonstop. And I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. I have eight sets of plates in here. Um, and those were, when I got those, those were like the brand new ones. And I was like, well, I paid for them. I'm using them. And I put them through hell. Like <laughs> I, I lifted on them four or five times a week and I would slam the crap out of them when I would hit a big lift. And, um, they're holding up great. The tens aren't having any issues. How so many tens have a lot of issues, like the more you use them. And uh, now a lot mm-hmm. of the ladies who are lifting the garage, they're using, they, they just load up change plates on the tens. And I'm like, I want to say don't do that, but they're fine. So go for it. Yeah. 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 Well, and so here's the thing, right? If they had an issue though, I'm, hundred percent sure that David and those guys would, would warranty them on, on some level, you know, yeah. no matter how stupid you were, like the product is, the product is so good. And what's cool too, is I, I haven't seen other, cause they look like urethane plates, but they're not. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen any other plates on the market that are like that with the smaller, smaller, uh, collar on the inside. Yeah, a lot of the the competition plates, they will start to go bad uh, because they're so calibrated. I think they're supposed to be within like 10 grams plus minus. Um, So they have the bigger bigger metal plate, so that creates it, makes it easier to calibrate it. Mm -hmm. And this has, I don't know, it's probably the whole plate, including the where it slides over the bar, is probably six inches instead of Mm -hmm. 10. Uh, so yeah, they, man, yeah. they can take so much more abuse and not get beat up. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. like six inches, right? <laughs> like six inches. Nobody's Actually, getting that joke. All right. I have, I tried. Hey, I, I, I also tried. have, <laughs> if you guys have seen the, the Alico sport training plates, I have a set of those as well. And it's the same, it's Ooh, the yeah. same exact size as center. Yeah. So yeah, those are right. plates that's that right. mine are 20 plus years old and they are in great shape. Um, and I think that just having that, it's not like a cheap training plate, but it's, it, it's exactly what it says. It's an elite training plate. So it feels just like a competition bar or plate, yeah. but it, uh, it costs more like a training plate and it holds up really well. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And that's the other thing, like, the conversation that David and I had yesterday, uh, I've, been, I've talked to him like every day this week, um, was because we're getting the crumb bumpers for for the camp. And while some people might think, well, why are you getting the crumb bumpers instead of what you already have with the elites? I'm like, you know what? 
everybody that's coming to the camp most likely is going to have a garage gym or they're they're at a at a commercial gym of some sort or a training hall or crossfit box or whatever and they want to set up or they want to get something to set up a garage space and most people don't have a freaking 10 inch thick concrete slab that they poured in their garage specifically for weightlifting 15. they don't have a six inch slab because they built you know they built their own house and fuck, <laughs> what a, you have three yards of car, concrete it's not that much but it's you have, like it's like what almost two yards of concrete for your your one little training corner it was but a anyhow so like yeah. the crumb bumper plates the crumb bumper plates are perfect for the garage lifter and the quality of their plates on top of the cost cost effectiveness of of the package that that we're putting together for the athletes is just it's you're you can get a full set change plates competition collars nice ones uh, a, a a bearing training bar and a 140 kilo crumb bumper set for less than 700 dollars I think it's more than 140 kilos because the five kilos are full size plates. We're not getting those. Okay. Well, they're so available we're getting, if, we're getting for people who need 25s them. And, and yeah, we can. If you want to go, if if you want to use the discount code once you sign up for the camp, um, then you can you can order whatever you want. But the chain the the full change plate set is there competition change plate set it's the white white through white to white nice. um yeah so Solid. that's that's the other thing it's the freaking the right now they're i'm not getting a discount on the on the bumper plates because they're as low as they go they're 250 bucks um but the change plate set is 248 dollars full price on their website right now so Crazy. we're yeah and we're getting like i said we're getting a screaming deal um and you know, you could walk away from this camp with a not only having the experience of your life in weightlifting, but a badass freaking training set. So, they're, yeah, hopefully, they're coming oh, with a bar oh, too, right? Yeah, that's that's a that's a twenty kilo bar or fifty. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna have a couple fifteens. Yeah, um, twenty kilo bar, change plates, collars, and bumpers for for less than seven hundred bucks. I, I I'm I'm super stoked. I can't like. I can't talk about it enough. Matt, you made a badass video for the drop on that. That was <laughs> I told you, you said, I, I, I think, think I blacked out. Because <laughs> I watched it today. I'm like, wow, that looks like legit. <laughs> Who made that? Uh, yeah, I, I never really awesome. thought about it till you just said it, Eric. But if you don't have a platform and you're in a garage, you shouldn't be using like competition plates or like competition training exactly. plates. Or, you should exactly. be using the you're because what you're the plates literally are are made of like stall mats, right? Yeah, so right. it's made to bounce and not. I mean, I like you're you led onto a little bit of my garage floor, uh, two months into weightlifting in my garage, I my whole slab was broken and shattered and holes, and yep. I, I had to keep moving the platform. Um, if I had the the crumb bumpers, <laughs> I wouldn't have had that problem. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, that's and that, that's that's the whole point. Um, I have a crack. Like, I moved my platform because I was worried about it, and then I also bought the new bumper plates. But 
because the ones I had were Rage Fitness. Great product, awesome, but they were full on. I think they were the hardest competition plates I've ever seen or ever lifted on. They were ridiculous. You could slam those as hard as you could and they would not bounce. And I have a full <laughs> platform, full thickness, full thickness platform with, mm -hmm. with stall mats. And they would just freaking like 140 from the, from the front rack and like just toss it. And it would just thump, like a dead little hammer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. No that. bounce, <laughs> no bounce. And then like there, the other cracks, like the expansion joint going down the middle of my garage, because I, I used to have like pretty nice little woodworking, um, set up in there. I'd get sawdust that would puff up from the cracks that had like embedded all the way down in the, in the slab. It was just a poof, poof every time it was funny. So, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's a, it's a good, good way to get into it. And hopefully, I mean, depending on shipping and if, if we work a different deal, save him some money because for shipping and, and us, um, Matt and I were going to fly down and hang out, lift and drive home. Yep. So, Pick up a reverse a hyper. Yeah. yeah. Pick up a reverse hyper. That's right. Take it straight to the camp. I just need to learn how you're making that coffee again. That's all I'm saying. I got the machine now. Now yes. it's Did now I need dialed? to perfect the drink. <laughs> I'm getting there. Okay. So, so let's talk about that. What you guys have the same machine now. What yep. kind of machine is it? It's a Breville Breville espresso. Or is it, uh, Breville, 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 yeah. Breville espresso maker. Breville. It's like, and it's the shit. It's like the. I don't want to talk smack on it, but it's like the cheap, really good one for your house. Like it's not the three thousand dollar one, but yeah. it's also not the hundred and fifty dollar one. It it like new. It's like seven hundred bucks. But I yeah. I used to go to the coffee place, not Starbucks. I went to like a little mom and pop coffee place down here in San Diego every single day. Mm -hmm. And I, I budgeted a hundred bucks a month hundred bucks a month just for coffee. And then they started selling waffles and That's like a croissants and <laughs> and all of a sudden I was at like twelve dollars a day. <laughs> So I ended up getting this and I don't go there anymore because <laughs> the coffee is amazing. Well, how, how do you get your waffle then? So I did learn how to make that as well. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, if you didn't, I have a great recipe for it. So I found the okay. it's, I found the sugar at the grocery store yeah, and there's a recipe on sugar, there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. How'd you, yeah, you yeah. should try so that's, is it Belgian pearl sugar? Is that what it is? Or yeah. is it, yeah, I was going to say. And get the, another, the ones with the um, big pearl pieces, not the little ones. There's some that look like, like big salt. And then there's other ones that look like, like the size of your, like pinky nail or like the size of peas. That's the size you want it. Jesus. Damn. <laughs> I got to try this out. You got to send me the recipe because that's, I have a good waffle maker, but that's, that well, just sounds like a good time. I don't know if you had this deal, uh, Cornell, but like um, when I started making them in the waffle maker, it ruined my waffle maker for other things. So okay. it's like, be careful on the good one. Like if you're going to well, make, because so the sugar, it, you know, it starts to caramelize and burn and it sticks to the thing. And if you don't clean that thing right away, like yeah, you got burnt sugar on yeah. there. But So what I learned. You got to make like a regular waffle afterwards. Yeah. That's what I started doing is I would make just a batch, uh, like 
probably five or six waffles of regular waffle stuff after. And then I would just like throw them for the dogs, Mm. but that would clean it, clean it right up. (laughs) Nice. My dogs are here for a good time. Those are, Maybe not a long time. <laughs> that's, that's accurate. That's your I dogs know. are fantastic, what, dude. <laughs> speaking of dogs, so Winston, Winston had a great time at the camp, and he came home deaf, <laughs> like straight up. Like he got an ear infection or something. He's he's better now. It's it's he's slowly getting his hearing back, but he was like the second day home. Sarah's like. Your dog is deaf. I'm like, no, no, he's always just kind of been, he's, he's old enough. He has that selective hearing thing. And she's like, no, 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 no. You'll find out when you get home. And like, I got home. He was just like passed out on the couch. Like, Hey, I was like, Winston, nothing. Winston, nothing. I got like right close to him. And I think it was like my breath, like hit his face. Not probably didn't smell too great either but just like the wind like hit his face and he almost had a heart attack like (laughs) it was he definitely did not hear me he just felt something and woke Mm. up and i was like fuck and then so that's what two two and a half weeks now and he's starting to get a little bit of his hearing back but delaney's pissed because she like he'll like step on her he's like (laughs) stop it get out of the way and he's just like big old dopey floppy-eared dog nice but uh, yeah man so back to the power discussion and training let's let's talk a little bit about programming okay. um how do you because i haven't actually done any programming myself for other people i've done i've like i've cued my like watched my own videos and figured out what i need to do accessory wise and, and like extra work on top of whatever I'm getting from my coach. Um, how, how do you guys, uh, implement powers for an athlete and what do you look for? Um, when you're, when you're going or what, what do you see in, in the lifter that makes you think that, okay, we need to do a power cycle or we need to, we need to implement this for a set period of time and at whatever rep ranges and percentages. Uh, take this oh, you want me to go uh, on this one? I, I, either way. No, I, don't, I don't care. Any, any, <laughs> uh, rock, you know paper, what? scissors. Listen, I, you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to give somebody powers, it's because I want them to get stronger and I want um, the muscles to build in order for them to be able to catch that bar wherever they can catch the bar. And that's pretty much it. I just, I think it builds strength over mobility. And that's just kind of my, my theory behind a power, even though I will say in my own head, when I see powers, I'm like, sweet, I got an easy day. It never turns out to be that eight, but you know, at the same point, like I'm always demoralizing. Yeah. It's always demoralizing. You're like, Oh, I can't lift as much, but it also throttles you a little bit. It allows you to pull back on some weights, but I, I really think you get stronger from doing powers. And that's, if I need some, if I need a kid to get stronger, that's what I'm throwing at him. Okay. I, I think it also helps. It does help with speed. Um, if, if you're gonna, I don't want to like toot my own horn, but whatever. I was this weekend, I was at the strength tank. That's the gym I'm at now. And, um, 
they were had their grand opening and they had like a max power clean. And I was like, oh, watch this. <laughs> um, but I just decided like <laughs> they didn't have anything about snatches. So I'm like, you know, what? I'm just going to hit a power total for the day. And I was just working up and working up and working up. And um, I ended up, I, I powered 128. And it wasn't easy, but it, it felt real good. And my best, okay. not that we're not that we're really paying attention, and but this is like show off time. So my best power is one thirty two. So I put on one thirty three, and I missed it. Okay. And then I missed it a second time, and I tweaked my shoulder, like it, it did something weird. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just I don't like to miss. I mean, the past six weeks, <laughs> I think I've, I've missed from the stuff that I'm doing right now, that's intentional. Not like these random days of like, let's just see what happens. I've only missed uh, three lifts uh, in about six weeks. So I don't think you're gritty enough. All right. But so (laughs) I think it's more important to make lifts than to, to just make attempts. So, well, basically I I said, I said to my friend, I said, Hey, should I go for one more? Like that's kind of my limit or should I put on 137 and just hit it for a full? And they're like, nobody cares about a power. They want to see a 300 pound snatch. So I'm like, all right. So I, I just loaded up four extra kilos and it was, it, I'll admit it was one of the easiest snatches I've ever done at that weight. Um, but for me with power cleans, that would have been a whole different I mean, I power cleaned 160 and then I put on 162 for a PR and I did 160 with no belt and I almost dumped the 162 because it, it just, it didn't happen right <laughs> with a belt on. <laughs> so, oh, so, you know, so that's another point of contention, I guess, is at what point do you, I know you like to lift without a belt as much as you can whether you're squatting or cleaning um, at what point in your lifts, let's say I'm not even going to say squats cause you just don't fucking use one. Um, but what, at what point in your cleans do you, do you put your belt on? So if I'm in competition, it's going to be the second to last warm up, and it's not cause I need it, but I, I want to have it. The, 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 the mechanics of it all change just a little bit. Um, so I like to put it on generally, if I'm going to open around 160, I'll, I'll put it on at 140 and I'll go, I'll hit 40 and then I'll hit 50 and then I'll go out and open at 60. Um, I, I do put it on in squats. Um, but I don't like to generally for me, I squat my best squats 250 and I don't like to put it on before 200. So 200 is generally like the last squat and then I'll decide where it goes for a single. If we're doing multiple reps, it's going to be earlier. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like to, uh, I mean, usually it's like 110 on my cleans and then 120 on my squats. And like, like you said, it's, you know, I think it changes your body movement when you do put a belt on. And so like having it on for a couple reps that, you know, you don't need it. Um, is generally what I like to do because I just get my body used to moving with it on. That's, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. No, that's about that's about where I put it on too. Is all yeah. it's either it's either 
like at one or after I hit a hundred kilos on whatever, um, I'll put it on and it's just kind of like, it's my little blanket. I don't know. <laughs> I like it. If it feels nice. Yeah. I don't, I, I used to like probably a year, actually no, a year before I started doing the lifts, um, I had a pinch on my left abdomen and like down right on my waistline and scared the shit out of me. But there's, I don't like, there's no nodule or anything like that, but probably for the first two years after that, I would get just random sharp pains in that same exact spot. And I just stopped like, it's like, okay, that's good enough for me. And so I've gotten in a habit of using my belt probably more than I should. Um, just because of that, because I, whenever I use my belt, that doesn't happen. So I kind of like to lean on it a little bit more than I should. I probably, I probably need to do a full, like six months to a year of just not training, not you, not using a belt and not lifting past the point where I need to put the belt on like for, for real use it. You know what I mean? So I can build that, that core, that the actual like soda can core. Yeah, I did. Yeah, You know, um, I'm going to give a little, little shout out here real quick. Sorry, Cornell. Uh, that Onyx belt that I bought over the weekend (laughs) is probably one of the best things I've put on. So, Hey, Hey, you can, you're, you live five minutes away. You can get your ass over here and use it. I know I used it. (laughs) I'll bring it to your house too, (laughs) but no, so it's awesome. Fun fun story. I know a leathersmith and I'm going to have one made (laughs) as you should. I don't, I, like I was telling you the other day, I can't believe it's taking us this long for you me like to say to you, why haven't you had one made yet? Like one of your good friends is like, yeah, I've never. So here's the thing, right? I have to buy one in order to have a template because I don't trust my. Now I have a template. I'm not going to let little things about it that I want to change. We talked about it. I'm not going to let anyone know how Onyx got the template. (laughs) (laughs) But I may have been involved with that. Cornell is just an artist in symmetry and knows how a belt should be made. Yes. He will also model yes. it for you with nothing else on. But there's there's little things about it like, oh, good Lord. Yes. There is there is one thing that I 100% believe in, and I'm, I think I'm the only person. There's, there's a select few power lifters out there that do it. But I am a huge fan of when you tuck the the tongue of the belt back into the loop after you get it cinched up, you just barely put the tip in. And so you have a little power penis with your belt. I don't know. It's just hilarious to me. And so. Oh, this is great. This is a great show. I'm just saying. Just, Just. just put the tip in. It's way more powerful. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. It's much yeah. more powerful. What are your guys' thoughts? I get a lot of heat for this, but I don't care. Uh, snatching in a belt. Okay, go. Snatching in a belt. Uh, I don't understand it. When I first started, I snatched in a belt, and that's because I didn't have the back and then you. You blew your elbow out. <laughs> no, that was after I blew out my elbow when I was, you know, climbing back up that mountain or whatever. Um, but uh, no, I uh, I was snatching with the belt because I was listening to a podcast, uh, Weightlifting House, and Seb, dude, he was like, 
everybody should snatch with a belt. Everybody should snatch with a belt. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. And I did it. And I was like, man, that felt kind of supported, kind of like it. Um, but then my coach quickly told me not to do it. And so I just followed in line. <laughs> um, I will, I will say that if you're using a leather weightlifting belt, it makes it incredibly difficult. Um, unless, especially if you wear, if you're a larger fellow and you wear your belt low at your, at or below your belly button. It, you're gonna snag it and i think the like trying to like having that in the back of your mind is gonna fuck with your technique and you're not gonna place the bar where it needs to go uh, most efficiently um if you're using a nylon belt then obviously they're a lot more lower profile so you can get away with it um that's i i know almost all high level uh female athletes snatch in their in nylon belts um and that's i don't know why it's female specific it seems it seems like it's more popular with them than it is with the the male side of things um for whatever reason like you said it's probably a, a support thing they feel more comfortable using it and that's that's fine they figured out how to do it um for me i've tried it a couple of times and every time i end up fucking just it's a yard sale. It's not, it's not a fun time. What's, okay. your, what's the heat that yeah. you get? Yeah. yeah. What, what talk about it. So there's one person that I give a pass to that I know, and he has a belly button that likes to pop out hernia. And I asked him, I'm like, <laughs> I was, <laughs> uh, I lifted with him a couple years ago in his barn and I, he put a belt on for 40 kilos and this guy snatches 130. 130 plus at like 81 or 89 at 45 years old. Hmm. So does he, does he put the belt on like over his belly button? So it doesn't pop out that I, he put it on at 40 kilos and I was like, why are I just got to ask, why are you putting the belt on? And then he explained his belly button will pop out. And I go, you're the only person I'm ever going to say, keep that belt on. <laughs> Uh, do you have a video of this? Cause I, I, I gotta see this. You want a, you want a video of the belly button popping out? Yeah. I got his, oh, he's going to be at worlds. Okay. He'll be at worlds. Oh my God. So okay. other than that, I think that uh, unless you're snatching over one and a half times body weight as a man, there's no reason you should be wearing a belt in snatch. Yeah. Um, yeah, like totally you were saying it, the, the, it, it'll limit your mobility, how far into a snatch you can get. If you're wearing a leather one, it's going to mess up your bar path. Um, all of those situations. The reasons also why I, I would never allow anyone to wear a belt that I was coaching in the snatch. And I just found so many people get so dependent on it. Um, in the beginning when, when I was coaching, yeah. there was a couple people. Yeah, I... And it's it was mostly women. And they're they're trying to snatch thirty five to forty kilos, and they're sixty to eighty kilo women. They're like, oh, I forgot my belt. I'm like, like I can't snatch today. And I'm like, no, you're not gonna wear a belt anymore because you forgot your belt, and now you're too dependent, and that weighs nothing. And yeah, so there's a couple people that I still do coach, and they're lifting max weights now still, 
with no belt and they're totally fine. And I just believe that the belt will help keep you in a, a, you're back in the right position. But if you're needing a belt to snatch in, you're not in the right position, like to really be using it. So that's accurate. Yeah, I think so. But like I straight up told people, I said, take the belt off and you're not going to snatch in the belt in this gym. And it wasn't my gym. So it's interesting (laughs) to me that you got heat for that because, um, I don't, you know, I like, like Eric was saying, you only see, I see a couple, I don't know, I guess pro lifters, uh, some of the bigger uh, women lifters doing it, but like outside of that, you don't see it. So that, yeah, that surprises me that people are giving you uh, shit for that one. Yeah. I think they always like to point out, um, what's his name? Morris. Um, last name Morris. Harrison Morris. Harrison Morris. He snatches in the belt. Harrison Morris. But he snatches 160 yeah, but plus. Yeah, he's snatching 160 kilos. Yeah, at yeah. 81. That's a double body weight. I'm like, okay. So he's a yeah. small guy. Yeah. He, yeah. he, he yeah. gets it. Uh, <laughs> there, there you go. Lasha yeah. snatches in the belt. I don't think he's snatching in the belt in order to help his back. I think he's snatching in the belt to get his stomach out of the way. That's my honest opinion about it. A hundred percent. Yeah. So. No, that's, that's, that's a hundred percent accurate. Um, so if you go back, who was it? There's, there's a couple. So Corey Gregory is a big proponent of utilizing the belt properly. And he did in his, uh, snatch or squat every day program that he did what six, seven, eight years ago, something like that. It was right after he left, left muscle farm. Um, or right before he left muscle farm, he put a squat every day program out and it was basically he cycled. There was specific days that you used a belt and other day, and, but it was like maybe once a week you would put a belt on and that was it. Not even in the, the, the higher um, percentages or rep ranges. Um, and it was specifically to build that thoracic core and it, it, you know, again, proof is in the pudding. Um, the other guy was, uh, not Joey Sotsmary. Um, God, he's a strong, he's a big ass dude. Anyhow, he did, he did the same thing. He, he basically said until you're, until you're squatting double body weight, you should not be using a belt period. Unless, unless you have an injury and even, even then more specifically, you should be training lighter until your core is strong enough to support that injury um, before you even think about using a belt because you're probably going to re-injure because you're using a belt instead of your natural muscle to create that that tension um, around your core to support the weight. Yeah, I think uh, another thing that a lot of people do is they make the belt too tight. Uh, I used to, uh, I, I still listen, just not as uh, often. Hmm. There's a, uh, I think it's the RX podcast, Jordan Genta and Jordan shallows. Uh, Jordan Genta is my buddy. He's a, they're both chiropractors. Uh, one of them's a weightlifter CrossFit. I think, I don't think he made it to the games, but a multiple time regional athlete and Jordan shallows is a very high, high end power lifter. I don't think he's really competing anymore. Yeah. 
but they explained it so well that the belt is supposed to support what your body is able to support. It's the belt is not supposed to support the weight that you're trying to support. So if you make it too tight, uh, your body can't tighten up in the way that it needs to, to hold the weight. Yeah. That makes sense. That's kind of the nice part about, so I have a, I did what a year, about a year of powerlifting. I never did a, a competition or anything, but I, I was on a specific powerlifting cycle. Well, three of them, I guess I did. I did three, four month cycles. Um, and I had a, a like the three quarter inch thick, six inch wide, full, the full belt. And that thing was cumbersome. And it was, I, I totally like you do the whole, like you wrap it around like the, the squat rack or the, the cage and you pull back against it to get it tight enough. And yeah, I definitely misused that, that belt excessively because of that. But the nylon belts, you can't, hmm. I mean, unless you're using the two pood or the, like that has that pin in the, in the, in the clasp, like it, the Velcro is not going to stay tight enough. If you get that thing too tight, like it, it's going to wear down. It, I mean, some of the cheaper belts out there, the Velcro just doesn't last anyhow. I mean, unless it's a harbinger, those things will last forever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think but, that, um, I don't think they're made to last. No. No, hey man. <laughs> but the leather belt, I mean, that's a lifelong belt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a leather you know, belt. I'm, like I was is, telling my wife, yeah. I'm going to hand that down. Yeah, that, yeah. that Onyx belt will last you forever. And Danny over at Onyx, if anything ever happened to it, he'll fix it. Like, they're they're very good at standing behind so all one, of their stuff. One thing that one thing I noticed about your belt, Matt, and, and yeah. Cornell, if you want to tell Danny they need to put the onyx stamp that's on the tongue of the belt on the inside too, because the way that that belt is built with the, the way the hasp is, you can reverse it. So if you buy a black and brown belt, like what Matt has, you can have it, you can switch it around the other, other way too. So Ooh. if you want the onyx stamp on the outside, you should, they should stamp the inside and the outside. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, just I like a thought. that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Then you can, then it's like having two belts and you can have a fashion show. I know they, they just with like, they just teased like a white belt and it was like white with like a gray, uh, like snakeskin leather on the inside. And I was just like, I don't have a white belt. That's the one I don't, I mean, I have a brown one. Yeah, no, I saw that. (laughs) So. (laughs) <laughs> they had that, they had that displayed. Um, they also had, uh, there's like a slate gray one, which was really slick. It was slate gray through the whole thing. There was, it was like monotoned. Okay. Um, that That's one badass. was cool. Um, they didn't, they didn't have, uh, all, he didn't have all the sizes with him. So I just got the one that had my size, but I mean, they're all, yeah. damn, and it's, it's solid. I can't wait to break it in a little more. So the one thing, this yeah. is just my no, personal I opinion. That, I need to get my own. Um, if I was telling anyone about ordering a belt, I would not get one that's dark on the inside as well. Um, you guys have both signed my my Wallace belt, and I collected yep. yeah. basically point. everybody that I've enjoyed weightlifting with has signed that belt. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
all team members, people that from past teams, like I can't read half the signatures. I know that Eric's is right on the tip because that's where he wanted to be. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those things where. So that's a thing. Yeah. Eric, Eric's the tip. <laughs> what? what do you mean? You signed, you signed my max effort pizza board right on the tip. And you even said <laughs> on the tip. <laughs> So oh, I, I'm awesome. a I'm a big fan of uh, collecting, like getting people that are your teammates or that you enjoy lifting with, getting them to sign it, and then, like when you're going into that big competition and and it's time to bust out the belt and you're sitting there and just thinking about your emotions and thinking about life and what you're about to do and all that kind of stuff, um, then you just see everybody uh, who's signed it and who's like supporting yeah, you. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, shit, man. That's a good. That's a good spot to end. What do you have coming up, Cornell? Anything special? Anything you want to talk about? Anything? Anything in your life in weightlifting? I know Worlds is coming up for you. Yeah, Worlds is going to be actually kind of it for me. So that's kind of the end of my competitive road in in weightlifting. It's been coming up on year nine. Um, Damn, and. I want to choose to leave this sport competitively. I'm not leaving the sport. I'm leaving the competitive side of the sport when I want to. I don't want to leave when I'm forced out yeah. based on injury. And I know that I'm the kind yeah. of person who, if I'm competing and I see a record, I want it. And I currently have the total and the snatch record, and I want that clean and jerk record, and I want to set that total record something that, it's going to be a long time before people can, can take that. And I know that if I just keep yeah. doing this and keep doing this, it's not going to be good for me physically. It's not going to be good for my family. It's a lot of that kind of stuff. So after worlds, whether I win or yeah. not, it's done. Nice. Nice. That's so. awesome. Hey man, you, you've, what you've been able to accomplish just in the last what three years that I've known you has been pretty freaking amazing. Um, the kilos that you've added to both your snatch and your clean and jerk and your total, um, the people you've been able to influence on, on John's team and within your, your local community is pretty freaking awesome dude. like the, your gym, what you've created at your house and, and, and just how inviting you are, to anybody who wants to come and train if they have the right attitude and they can they can put the work in like you're more than more than hospitable to facilitate their their needs and it's it's really cool it's it's, it's good it's i i feel honored to know you and to count you as a friend and have have you be part of of what we're trying to build here and yeah thanks for coming on dude yeah i was yeah, man. i, it was I cool. love it I'll tell you, um, you know, I've, uh, as of the past like couple of months, I've just started really getting to know you a lot more, but I've known you for a couple of years now, but, uh, and I mean, this, this is a total compliment regardless of how people take it or not, but you are <laughs> like the, to me, I see you as growing into the Mike Bergener of weightlifting. <laughs> and I know Ooh. that like you've, you've been to his gym and all, but when I think about your gym, I'm like, like, he's so inviting. Like you just go, you go there and. You know, you, I've seen his, his, his videos and I'm, you know, whatever, I'm not going to get into it, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, I love what you've created and I've talked about that before. And, uh, 
it's it's uh it's unmatched for sure so it's pretty awesome thank you yeah, yeah awesome. i i love having people over uh, at the garage and so yeah <clears throat> no it's great man <laughs> um i know i know i gotta get down there it's 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 uh it's not even it's not it's not that far it's not that far at all um so we got dates are going to be announced for the next camp spring camp we're going to check out new property in two weeks and so we'll have a location um and pricing and all that stuff all that good stuff coming up um if you haven't followed us on instagram already it's uh pfrs uh on the instas kilo chasers on facebook um kilo chasers on instagram as well for for the camp and everything else that's going on with us uh matt has max effort kitchen date night podcast yep and check out his store it's blowing up his apparel's freaking awesome um everything he's putting out is solid good quality thanks man uh can't wait for the cookbook Oh, coming to you something time for is Christmas. coming too. Something is coming. It may not be actual book form, but it's coming. Hey man, <laughs> five five dollar online digital copy. Sell a million of them. Building an app. Do. I'm building an app. Ooh, let's just say that. Ooh. I like. All it. right, it's official. It's on the podcast. Yeah. Our whole forty five listeners are gonna hear it and hold you to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, what's forty five times five? No. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. It was great talking to you. Great having you on. I'm glad to finally get Cornell on here. Like I say, yeah. he's been a big part of the process. And uh we'll talk to you soon. Adios. Peace. Bye bye. <laughs>